Think you finally figured out what went on with Iran this week? Don't be so sure. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And mostly, the true threats to our liberty are embedded in what seem like just reporting the news. What you hear in that 24-7 cable news cycle seems like a variety of stories, most of which really should not affect you directly. But it's my conclusion that nothing gets there that isn't meant to be there for another purpose. I'm not saying it's not true. Most of it is true. But it's always there for an agenda, a policy purpose, and a, a lot of times... Too much of the time, it's there to get us to advocate for things or consent to things that are against our interests, against our principles, or that impair our rights and protections under the law. So this week's stories are no exception. I actually have quite a few important stories I want to go through, important because they affect us and have implications for uh for our rights, and I usually focus on the Bill of Rights. The number one story isn't exactly about that. It's the story of the tankers in the Gulf of Oman that were hit, uh, attacked. One was a Norwegian tanker, and the other was a Japanese tanker. I'm really surprised that maybe today people know, but during the week, very few people realized that these tankers were not ours and that we got involved because we just zip over there. Shinzo Abe, the prime minister of Japan, was in Iran trying to supposedly be a peacemaker or maintain good relations with Iran. I don't know. But and we can get to that. But but right out of the gate, what's very unusual about this story is there are fishy elements to the story. So we think the main narrative felt like right away knee jerk. Oh, Iran the nutcases over there just got mad at Trump for withdrawing from the nuclear deal, from doubling down on sanctions, from coercing other countries to join in the sanctions in order not to get on our bad side. And they just popped off on these on these other on these tankers. But quickly, cracks started to emerge in that story. Now, for me, There are always cracks in stories like that. It would be completely irrational for Iran to do that. It doesn't even make sense, even to the extent that they said, if this persists, if this economic pressure persists, we will retaliate in the only way we can, which is by closing the Straits of Hormuz. This isn't that. This is not a a line in the sand. This is something behind the scenes, and especially to attack a Japanese tanker while Abe is in Iran. I mean, it makes no sense. And I normally notice things like that. But when the chick on Outnumbered is saying it on Fox News in prime time, I have to wonder if that isn't part of the story. So I hear this and I think, why? Why are they making this confusing story clear that there's something up, that the reporting isn't right or... There's some people who have an agenda. And the first time I noticed, this is not the first time I've noticed something like this. Last year, uh, Tucker Carlson, of all people, 
Tucker Carlson's father was a a master propagandist. I think it he was head of Radio Free Radio America. Uh, in any case, Carlson is uh, born to the uh, propaganda mansion and and he came out last year when Trump popped off against Syria based on chemical weapons allegations, use of chemical weapons. And there were holes in that story. There are always holes in that story. The chemical weapons stories are full of holes, all of them from the beginning. The investigations don't pan out. I actually had video of the rebels using the chemical weapons in the first allegation of that, not the government using it. It was very clear. It was accidentally aired by CNN. Or I think it was CNN, and I, I captured it like on my phone. I can probably find it on my WordPress. So, like, that story does have holes in it, but nobody ever reported the holes before. And then Tucker Carlson is our hero, and I'm thinking, A, maybe they're letting him do this to shore up his credentials, to tap into the the conspiranoid fringe of the right, which I'm not casting aspersions. If you want conspiracy theories, there are a lot that really hold together, and I recognize them. But with this guy... It just didn't seem right. So I thought, what? What? let's assume that he's not just a man after the truth and Fox keeps him on the air anyway, that he that there's something going on here. And what I, I concluded, and I had already been kind of thinking this, it was always a possibility, that, that there are plenty of, we have evidence we've played on this show, that the powers that be, the right-wing establishment, the neoconservatives, I'm not just saying generally I can name names, I have the names listed, it's a it's a whole continuum of guys who a lot of them are purport to be never-Trumpers, they want war with Iran. But they also want to keep their seat at the table, and for us to have a war with Iran will be awful and hard to justify. So I concluded that one way they might want to do that, might be able to do it, is to distance from the starting of the war by saying, oh, we're never Trumpers. We're Republicans, but we're never Trumpers. And this guy, we warned you, he's rogue. The left, obviously, is going to say Trump is emotional, he's impulsive, he's stupid, he's crazy. And on the right, it's just, well... He's got all these people he's surrounded with who, gee, I don't know how they got there. I guess somebody's up to no good. What can he do? He's doing his best and he's fighting the good fight, but he's just got bad information. He's got Bolton, I mean, Pompeo and Bolton together. You know, I mean, Pompeo is the new Bolton now. So and Bolton was the guy who initiated this or or was used against him, the expression, the stove piper, because under Bush, he got like picture a potbelly stove. He got all the information and then he just curated it and distilled it up to Bush. So Bush had only one one choice to make in his mind. This is a CFR trick, Council Foreign Relations trick from Woodrow Wilson's time. That's what they do. That's what they say they do. And so it looked so so Bolton took a lot of the heat for Bush's stupidity. And I'm putting that in quotes like Bush was painted as stupid. Reagan was always painted as stupid. And now you see Bolton in the scene, so you think it's going to be him. But it's not. It's Pompeo. So, like, now Pompeo is this villain who it's not as obvious that he's the bad guy because he's kind of new to the scene. He said some things that people like in the past. It's going to take a while. 
but he's beginning to emerge as a kind of villain character. And Trump is dedicated to the information that he gets from these guys. And now, in the end, if if things progress there and we do have a war with Iran, everyone can distance from Trump except for this tiny little pod and they will take the heat. They will literally be scapegoated, which is in the, I think it was an Old Testament thing where you the community could could project onto a goat all their sins and then slaughter it and be cleansed. So that will, they, these guys will just be taken out and it'll be gone. But I don't think that today or tomorrow is when the shooting war begins. I think what's actually happening over there right now is they're using this as a uh, an excuse to put more U.S. ships in the area. And the reason it get it's it's not right. Like from a libertarian point of view, or even just a free country point of view, it's not right. Ha- what's happening? What's happening is we don't like what Iran's doing all over the Middle East. And and if there's competition to be the regional power there, the regional hegemon between Saudi Arabia and Iran, we're backing Saudi Arabia. They are our allies, even though their system is less democratic. Their human rights violations are higher. They have a depraved ruling family. I can tell you about that. You want to hear uh, 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 one of the princesses just got in trouble for um, forcing, having her a decorator beaten, I think, and forced to kiss her feet. And a uh, couple of years ago, there was a, a Saudi prince in London who went to jail for murdering his servant. It's they, There's just a depravity there that we should not be proud of. But even more to the point, they spread terrorism. Al-Nusra, Al-Qaeda, these are all things that Saudi Arabia is, does not have their hands clean on. I mean, I think that's in the record. So, and they're the Sunnis. The Sunnis are the ones who are blamed for 9-11. So why, why are we the Saudi ally? But what we do is for that alliance, we pressure the world to sanction Iran. That puts the world, so, and the world doesn't want to get on our bad side, so they capitulate. But now they have a problem because Iran can stop them from going through the Straits of Hormuz. So now they have to decide whose side to be on. And to compensate them for the risk, we send our ships over to escort the, their tankers through the Straits of Hormuz. So now we're in this position that we have to guarantee security to private billionaire shippers shipping energy for billionaire energy companies, uh, uh, diminishing the cost of insurance for billionaire insurance companies on our taxpayers' dime because we're manipulating the geopolitics over there. When in reality, if there are tensions there having nothing to do with us, they can provide their own security or they can negotiate with the governments around there and maybe the price of oil will go up from that region to us. But but we're paying for it anyway. We're paying for it in taxes without any choice of whether we just reduce our consumption or go oil independent. We can have these choices, but they're being made at the highest levels, not for us. For geopolitics, all the actors in the military industrial complex are a part of it. And and we're being fed a line and we're being fed a line in a way that it's hard to really understand what that line is. It's hard to really understand what's going on. And again, we're distracted by the drama. 
And we're not realizing that while we're chattering about who saw what, our ships are motoring over there to make the next stage of this even more dangerous. So that's my assessment of this situation. I'm absolutely happy. I'm open to other interpretations. Bring it on. Let's have a um, civil discourse about this. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But there are many, many important stories this week that I'd like to tick off one by one. So we can talk about this. We can move on to other things, whatever you want. Uh, and you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I just laid out what I think is really going on this week in Iran. And actually, it was a lot. So if you want to hear it again or listen to it more slowly, you might want to check it out on uh, thepropreport.com. My producer, Binkley, is here. Hey, Binkley, how you doing? I'm great. It's a wonderful day outside. I love that. It's always good. I'm going to try to keep it lighthearted. We're not in a fighting war yet, like a shooting war yet, so we should be uh, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, it's just a propaganda war right now. So far, so far. So so uh, we were. So if you want to hear that, you can listen to it. We post it on Wednesdays, and then we have our own podcast uh, that we post on Thursdays on thepropreport.com. But one of the things that Binkley and I were talking about this week, I don't think we hit it on the podcast. Oh, because it all just came together as I realized Trump would be scapegoated. If you think about that expression, the scapegoating is you package it up and throw it out. So Binkley and I both noticed, I noticed that Judge Napolitano, who I really like, he's a Fox News contributor. He was the youngest guy to sit on the federal bench. He's a real libertarian friend of Ron Paul's. He said he he was he's been very loyal and given the benefit of the doubt to Trump all along. But lately he's been turning it around. And even Justin Amash, a hardcore libertarian congressman, voted in favor, like even just in a committee of Trump getting impeached. I mean, or starting those procedures. I mean, really weird stuff. I don't know about if he's in on anything, but but that uh, and I and and at the same time, I got this Quora this like propaganda machine thing saying is judge Andrew Napolitano going to get fired for contradicting Trump. And then I realized that even Fox is starting to say stuff about uh, that distances from Trump. And I believe this is uh, calculated. And I think it has something to do with trying to get the war with Iran, have your cake, have your war and eat it too, and be able to stay at the table and fight again another day. So we can talk about that or any of the other topics I, I'm going to roll out next. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. My little New Yorker came out there. Saturday. <laughs> Got to pronounce those R's. Uh, so I'm here with my producer, Binkley, of course. Hey, Binkley. Hello. I would normally ask you for a tweet, but instead I want to talk about the story about Twitter, All which... Right. First, let me say, so we were, I'm sorry that it happened to you because of me, but we were purged from WordPress and got some demonetization and takedown and such much from YouTube. 
And then uh, WordPress totally set me up. You can go listen to the podcast. I've uh, told you about it numerous times. I forget the number of that podcast, but maybe we'll find it on uh, during the break. So what happened? So so WordPress sent me a letter saying, oh, bad things are happening on your account, but don't worry, we got your back. Hang on. And then they just wiped me out. It was terrible. <laughs> it took me behind the shed. It was over in a second. <laughs> so Twitter sent me a letter like that last year saying, oh, you communicate with Russian bots. We're not going to tell you who they are, but we're just <laughs> warning you for your own protection. Like, well, if I don't know who they are and I've got like 10,000 followers or whatever people I interact with, I can't really do anything. Then you and I both found out that the Russian bots that were supporting Roy Moore's campaign were actually the new knowledge operatives, the same people who were writing the book on Russian bots for the Senate, mm-hmm. right? They uh, they are the Russian bots. So it's probably them, them, in which case they're really targeting people who, not for like Russian purposes, but they, but for political purposes and serious violation of the First Amendment, of course. Anyway, so I, I'm a little nervous about Twitter and you Binkley did point out that the thing with the with Twitter was or just and I've noticed this you know this is histor- in this historical record as well but you connected the dots is before a war and in the beginning of a war especially an unpopular war the press is suppressed yes. even to the point where where people go to jail for reporting against it. So the censorship and suppression and the crackdown that you saw, I think it, it can and will and would was definitely going to happen for a variety of reasons. But but as a unpopular war came would come closer, you would, I think, get that. Uh, that the it would ramp up. So I was a little nervous about Twitter. So what we did when we were rebuilding for WordPress, uh, we have a great guy doing it for us. Uh, it, it, he's basically building like a feed where where us and listeners and stuff can go in and post our headlines and our comments there's like a couple of different ways to do it we're still kind of seeing how users are using it and um refining it it's just great it's at the prop report propreport.com it's called the pool like the press pool (laughs) you take a deep dive it's got a lot of nuances there and i feel like so i read this article this week in conjunction with the Iran story and I was really happy that we had kind of we're 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 on the ground running with this project because this headline I saw from Sign of the Times Twitter shores up Pompeo's Gulf of Tonkin fairy tale with a massive online propaganda campaign deleting thousands of pro-Iranian accounts so there was a lot of editorializing in that headline, but the it says Twitter has announced it's removing 4,779 accounts associated or backed by Tehran. Oh, I said last week, remember? I said because Russia is going to be because Iran soon? Yeah. Yes, because they were doing it. I mean, it wasn't that much of a revelation. They were doing it in the UK already. They were, they were banning Facebook accounts of uh, what were described as Iranian-backed uh, accounts mocking the royal family. Oh so my gosh! They're mo- that's that's an act of war. Apparently, mocking you lose all your rights to to engage in the public square, which this all now is. If you mock the royal family, but uh, so I knew it would be like because Tehran or because Iran instead of 
because because Russia. Yeah. Uh, so they so that's what so that's what Twitter's doing, and it's easy if you say that it's Iranian backed. I mean, just like they said it was Russian backed when it was Democrat backed. Yeah, yeah. And this is like probably deep state backed, but the article goes on to say that uh, about this this uh, initiative. The Iran Disinformation Project that was established by the State Department. Did you hear about this? I saw that. Yeah. And they and they decided to counter Iranian propaganda. But of course, that's all subjective. There's no looking into it. But then I guess Congress took back the funding for it. Somehow it was shut down uh, or diminished. Because it supposedly, according to Sign of the Times, supposedly went rogue, smearing any and all critics of Trump's hawkish Iran policy, uh, describing them as paid operatives of the Iranian government. And of course, that's the problem with with saying because Iran, because Russia. And I always even wondered how do how come like communists are un-American if they are American and they're like, well, they're operatives of a foreign government. I'm like, not sure. That. It, I found in another article talking about that same thing that it said that a report that was released last month by a cybersecurity firm said that Iran conducted a concerted misinformation campaign in the lead up to last year's midterm elections. Here? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so Iran is now being, bat, what do you call that, back engineered? <laughs> yeah, just like <laughs> the whole Russia narrative. Say it again? Just like the whole Russia narrative. Yes, Like you're yes. saying. Yes, but they're going backwards. Like yeah. that's like completely <laughs> yeah, yeah. without. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But I will say, as the story unfolded during the week, the Iran thing, there were Easter eggs for us to find, and you found a couple of them. And I, once I saw like a comprehensive article from somebody I think is disinformation, laying out all the Easter eggs for the people who <laughs> yeah. weren't just finding them for themselves. And every one of them I was texting you, I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Every single bullet point was like uh, was like a super counter-propaganda point. This is, so this is what I, I coined a term, trialectic, just when people were starting to understand what dialectic means. <laughs> trialectic, dialectic is like one, one side takes one side, the other side takes the other side, and then they, so it's the thesis and the antithesis, and then they compromise on a synthesis. It could be the result of war, but in the end, you end up in the middle. Well, that is so obvious now as a way to get policy promoted that I invented this expression, trielectic, because like the New Zealand shooter, supposedly, I think he wrote, it was reported in the Wall Street Journal, he wrote in his manifesto that he was pro-gun rights. So he was going to do this to spark gun control so that gun rights activists started a revolution. So he was working for the other side in order to get his side. I think that is what Judas Iscariot supposedly did, try to provoke Christ into doing what he wanted. But this is like the trielectic. There's another crazy story. I have absolutely no idea the truth behind it, but I remember thinking, wouldn't it be funny? I think it was Yitzhak Rabin was a prime minister of Israel who was like negotiating, I think, a two-state solution, maybe sign the Oslo Accord. I should have brushed up on it, but... I think that's it. And he was killed by a right-wing Israeli. Shortly thereafter, Netanyahu took power and kind of remained in power since then. And everyone says, well, obviously there's some massive conspiracy because you would never put your own guy like this. It wasn't Netanyahu's guy because 
he he would never put a guy that was a right wing Israeli in the hot seat like that. And then I thought, what if he did? Because he knew that people would never think you would be so stupid as to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think that's true. I don't, I mean, there's like books written about what really happened behind the scenes. That's like too ridiculous. But I thought at a certain point, like this is how crazy your mind goes. Like at a yeah. certain point, you can't, you can't get ahead of the dialectic because they can just like, you know, it's like a double agent, a triple agent, a quadruple agent. Like yeah. you would never know. Like the, the people involved can't even know. Yeah, they scramble your brain almost. Yes, yes, yes. So so that is what this started to look like to me. Just a, like you're, it's so crazy to try to figure out what's really happening. Because you know they want the war with Iran. Yeah. You know they want it. And then why would they do a false flag that was so obviously a false flag and then out themselves, you know, is doing it. But I do think it's to scapegoat Trump. But but some of those Easter eggs you found, one was like the the video. The video looks like it was shot in, in 1940. What's it a video of? It's a video of what appears to be or what they say is a tanker going up to another tanker or a ship going up to a bigger tanker pulling some sort of. Uh, projectile missile out of the side of it but when you're looking at it you only get that interpretation because that's the interpretation they tell you you can't really tell what is going on because it's such a bad video yeah i was just talking to my husband last night telling him that there was this psychological experiment that where they took like the greatest sommeliers in the world and they took some of the best wines and just like terrible, like regular run-of-the-mill table wines, and they switched the bottles. So they took the good wine yeah. out of the good bottles and they put the bad wine into the bottles and they switched it. Yeah. So if they take the sommeliers and all the glasses are unlabeled, they can tell you which one is which. Yeah. But once they see the label, they project uh-huh. onto the wine the things they know about that label i mean that's just mind-blowing to me. and people were laughing because they're like oh that means that wine is baloney it's like it's not they can figure it out it's just can cannot trump their what they know is true yeah they prime your brain that this thing called the russian firehood of falsehood talks about doing that to control a the narrative what? There's a propaganda paper written by by Rand Corporation about uh, spread of misinformation, and it talks about doing that very thing with the initial headline. So it could be a false headline that primes the viewer, and it basically sets the frame so it doesn't matter if they later find out the real story. which I would say characterizes 99.9% of the headlines that come across my phone. (laughs) I mean, they're just preposterous. Yeah. They're ridiculous, and they have nothing to do with it. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the problem. The reason that works is that we have faith in our institutions. We believe that you can't do that stuff unless without getting penalized for it. And I will tell you, this actually plays into what I wanted to talk about in the next hour. If you're, those institutions are only as good as the the litigation that keeps them honest so as people are not permitted to to or are not encouraged to or discouraged to go to trial to sue people for defamation 
for that kind of thing or like New York Times v. Sullivan where the person was allowed to paraphrase someone else and mischaracterize, <laughs> the journalist could mischaracterize what the, what the quote was and put it in quotes and got away with it. Yeah. And that's a significant case for a lot of reasons, but that is very, so as you screw up the law, the laws are good. I think the laws are appropriate, but you have to be able to push it. So let's finish up after the break. And then at the top of the hour, I'm going to give you examples of how the law does and does not keep these institutions honest. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I was just saying how I think that the warmongering establishment is going to distance from and scapegoat Trump to get their war and still maintain some credibility. And Binkley found a perfect quote and really ironic or not ironic on the on the contrary. Ken, who's the quote by? Michael Einstadt from the Washington Institute for the Near East Policy Think Tank. Okay, so that's when I played the quote of Patrick Clausen, who's still the director of research there. Uh, Kissinger and a bunch of other people sit on the board, and he said, we are in the game of provoking a conflict with Iran, and we could get nastier than that. This is that. That is the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. And what did the guy say? He said that some U.S. allies may not want to be seen as bandwagoning with the U.S. administration that may be seen as a loose cannon on this. Yeah. So he's saying and then no, go on. Finish the quote. Uh, they're going to want to wait until their intelligence agencies get from the American intelligence community our assessments and forensics. They'll want to have their own intelligence people look at the ships before they arrive at their own judgment. So this guy is the measured guy. Yeah. And he is saying that Trump is a loose cannon. I mean, this is a guy who wants the war, but he is pinning it all on Trump. It's not cool. I mean, I don't know if Trump knows what he's being set up for. I think Melania was was set up by an inside job with her RNC speech. Who knows uh, how deep this goes, but I'm just, I think you should be alert to it. More, uh, we're going to get into some other topics after the break. This is Monica Perez.